1: Father Andy is a friend of uh, Chuck and mine from way, way, way back in the day. He was a student at Notre Dame, uh, graduated, went on to sales at the radio station. He was an intern of mine. So pre-Father Andy, he's just Andy at the time, myself and another couple are going to see the Dave Matthews Band down at Deer Creek, it was called. So you head to Indianapolis, then you take a left. And uh, we're heading down. So we get into Noblesville, and Andy's in the front seat with me, and he's starting to Get a little ants in his pants. He's like, man, my stomach's really bothering me and I could use a, a pullover. I'm like, I said, can you hang out a little bit? And, and so we go a little further down the road. He's like, no, I, I, I think we're going to need, I think we're going to need to pull over because I'm not feeling great at all. And I says to him, Andy, we're just a few minutes away from the venue. And when I say venue in the most stern voice, I hear, I know how far it is to Deer Creek and we're going to need to pull over right now easily a 28 to 30 minute pullover holy so- cow something fierce oh no got up in that belly i know how far it is to the venue We're like pulling over and it was at that mcdonald's and noblesville never again i've never been back no no once you destroy a toilet like that you just holy toledo Started, let's say hello to Derek at Big and Tall Outlet in Elkhart.
0: I wanted just to touch base with you guys on some flannels I'm coming to you live here from Big and Tall Outlet. I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Derek, and our address is 1333 South Napanese Street in Elkhart, Indiana, Napanese Street, State Road 19. That's the same road. So, I want to invite you guys out today. Check us out online at bigandtalloutlet.com. But if you stop into the store, you'll be able to see part of our large selection of flannels, and we have flannels in different styles. We're going to have flannel shirts, flannel jackets.
1: Flannels, flannels, they've got flannels. Flannels, flannels, they've got flannels. 2X, 3X, 4X, 4 5X, 6X, out the door. 7X, 8X, so much more. Big and out the flannels! If you have any questions, you can always give us a call. Our number is
0: 293 Area code 574 293 That's about it.
1: Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, you sports maniacs. It's the Sports Yak Podcast with Corey and Chuckle. Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet on Napanee Street in Elkhart and at BigAndTallOutlet.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter as well, because big guys got to look good, too. Get ready, South Bend. Here it comes, Elkhart. Here's what you've been waiting for. Michelle. My shahaha. Whatever. Just start the show, would you please? And look what we have here. Episode 40.
0: The Gail Sayers episode. Tell me more. With number 40, the dashing running back, the Chicago Bears. 1965, his rookie year, he scores six touchdowns in a game against the San Francisco 49ers, whom
1: the Bears play this weekend. Take me back to pre episode one when I said, hey, what do you think about this? What were your true feelings? At the time.
0: All right. We'll try it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And how do you feel? Episode 40 now. Fine. It's become a staple
0: of my week. I hope it's become a staple of the week for the listeners out there as well. The maniacs.
1: I feel good about it. I get the stats. I get the yak stats on Friday. I feel good about what's happening. I had a number for you recently. Was it last Friday? We're, We're hovering... Close to a thousand downloads. I had a basketball official come up to me Monday night at the
0: game I was attending, saying, "You know, Corey needs to come to these things. He would learn something." He had, he he had invited you to the Culver Academy Marion game a couple of
1: weeks ago. Jonathan Hampton. Yes, I'll take him up on that. And you know what? I'd like to invite him to advertise on this program. Well, there you go. <laughs> See what I did there? Yes. Yes, I okay. see. Super lazy last night. I was supposed to get up off the couch and go to the basketball game, and I just stayed put.
0: Not sure you missed a whole lot. The Irish really struggled without Rex Fluger trying to get used to a new lineup. Dane Goodwin in the starting lineup. They got a great game out of Jawan Durham. He had 16 points. And Notre Dame beats Binghamton rather unimpressively, 69-59. Fortunately, they have about three games here in the next couple of weeks where they're playing lesser opponents and it'll allow them to get their sea legs without Fluger and figure out
1: how they're going to work things. I want to read a tweet to you from Tom Noy and I'd like you to uh, dissect it for me. Okay. It was a quote from Fluger and Coach Bray. All right. Yes. Tom Noy who writes for the Tribune. Yes. Great guy by the way. Coach Mike Bray on the possibility of Senior Captain Rex Fluger deciding Slash wanting to return for a fifth year, 2019 2020. He said, Coach, I just need to think about that. I said, I think we both need to think about that. Let's evaluate how the year goes, what's going on with our team. How do you really feel in March? We keep all options open. Here's the thing Rex
0: Pfluger, if he wants to come back, number one is a question, because the rehab on this is not going to be fun. It never is on a torn ACL. And it's probably going to take almost the greater part of a year for him to come back full strength, so to be ready for next season. Does he want to put the effort into that? Because I don't think he sees himself playing basketball after Notre Dame. I think he sees himself working for a sports agency in Southern California. So the question is, does Pfluger want to put in the effort to be a part of a fifth year? The other part of the equation is well, what does Notre Dame's recruiting look like? And where would Fluger fit in? Does Mike Bray necessarily need Fluger back for a fifth year? How much would he help the team mm-hmm. or would he just kind of be in the way of somebody else's development if he came back? So I think that's going to be a mutual decision. I'm very impressed with the way Rex Fluger has handled this. There hasn't been any pouting. There hasn't been any woe is me. He's been extremely positive about it, trying to stay upbeat, trying to stay uh, team-focused, as he always has throughout his Notre Dame career. All those are very admirable traits.
1: Looks like he was on the sidelines playing the role of cheerleader. And that's what he'll do the
0: rest of the year. Yeah. Yes. Women play tonight. The women play tonight. Uh, Western Kentucky, a team that's not very good, so it shouldn't be a problem for Muffet McGraw's squad. They, too, kind of go through these next couple of games, easing their way through into the ACC schedule, which begins right after the first of the year.
1: Your phone has been, uh, burr, all morning long. Burr, burr. By the way, <laughs> I, let, me, let me correct one thing on Muffet's
0: schedule. Okay. The, the game at Marquette Saturday, that won't be an easy game. The, the Golden Eagles are pretty good, and you're on the road, so... That'll be a bit of a challenge going into the holidays. That's Saturday, 1.30 on Pulse FM. Now, the reason the phone has been going off all morning, and, and actually it hasn't been making that noise because I don't have my Twitter set up that way. Okay. Uh,
1: I was painting a picture.
0: My Twitter is blowing up mainly because I follow Purdue football, IU football, Notre Dame football. Okay. And it is National Signing Day. Therefore... Every recruit that these schools sign, they are tweeting out something about the letter of intent has come in, and then they tweet some picture usually with, like, let's say it's an Notre Dame, they'll tweet a picture of Brian Kelly with them and Brian have some sort of Brian Kelly comment, mm-hmm. and then they might tweet a picture of their position coach or their assistant coach. A lot of and
1: graphics it, this year, too. Yeah, well, that's,
0: that's the big thing these days is... All these places now have in-house people that do that, that help them with the recruiting. A few years ago for Notre Dame, it was the pot of gold where uh, you would get letters from basically every guy on the team asking you to come to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and then you would all come in this one big batch. And okay, um, there's all kinds of different themes and setups to this. It's a lot of sparkle. Yeah, and. <laughs> And I find it, I'll be honest, I find it truly distasteful. Okay. And, and here's, Go on. And here's why. These are 18-year-old kids. And to put all this full-court press and all this attention on them, uh, and we don't even know how they're going to do in college. We don't know how they're going to do academically in college. We don't know how they're going to perform on the field. I mean, there's... 21, 22 kids in the Notre Dame recruiting class, it's a good bet that half of them will never, ever have a factor in Notre Dame's football mm. success on the field. I, I shouldn't say not have a factor because obviously practice players can push you and make you more competitive. Yeah. But I, it's a good bet that half of that recruiting class won't play much of a major role in Notre Dame's on-field success. And yet we who each and every one of them. Now, granted, they've worked hard. They're getting a scholarship to the University of Notre Dame or to IU or Purdue. That's great. I applaud that. But the amount of effort and money spent on getting those young men to schools is just beyond my comprehension. For instance, I'll, I'll give you a for instance. Okay. So the top football player in Nebraska, and I can't remember his name. Nick Saban went to visit him, I believe it was Monday, Monday afternoon. Monday night, the entire Nebraska coaching staff went to his house.
1: How, 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 many, how many is that? That'd be probably 12
0: coaches. 12. I mean, really? We're, we're really doing it this way? And then we wonder why these young men have this overinflated self, sense of self. Mm -hmm. Well, that would be one reason why.
1: I saw a friend of mine retweet an article from Fox News, and the article was about a young man who no one is looking at in high school football. Mm -hmm. But he's got the stats that you would think people are looking at him. And as I'm watching this video, and it was put together much like the ones we're seeing for recruiting, like, right. this kid has run this much, this many touchdowns, he can run this fast, and yet no one's looking at him. And I thought, of all Fox News, why why would you single out this kid when there's probably hundreds? Like him. Yeah. Just like him that aren't getting a look. And it's like, do we have a parent involved that works at Fox? Do we have... I just thought it was like, it's kind of weird. Right. Like, out of the blue, Fox News is covering that, you
0: know? But that's the thing. I mean, recruiting, you think about all the young men who play high school football. hmm And only about 4% of them are going to go on to play college football, and a very infinitesimal amount of them will play Division One college football. So you look at that and you realize, okay, this, yes— they're special, but, man, I'm not sure it merits the kind of attention that is given to it, not only by schools, but then you have these recruiting services, you have the fans who subscribe to these recruiting services who mm-hmm. just go, you know, are we going to get so-and-so? I remember when I was working at WNDU, and recruiting wasn't quite what it is now, but it was starting to pick up steam, and you'd get calls from people. Well, are they gonna- I would just start making up names while they're looking at this guy. Did you really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Give me a a name. They're looking at Lafayette Colfax. Yeah. (laughs) Which I believe are two streets in South Bend. Yes. Yeah. Nice. They're looking at Lafayette Colfax.
1: (laughs) you made up names. Uh, Oh, Because
0: I just, what difference does it make? Right. Who they get, you don't know, you as a fan don't know if that's going to make any great difference or not.
1: I, uh, I'm i having a horrible retention of these kids anyways that they're tweeting now. It's like I can't remember four years from now if I don't remember them tweeting a Winbush or an Ian Book at all. I don't – you know, it's like you said, we have no idea. Right. Well,
0: and then, you know, the sometimes the bally who they give themselves, and we think of Jimmy Clausen showing up in a limo at the College Football Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. Wasn't and, there a video of a guy that caught a leprechaun out in the middle of a lake? Oh, yeah. The, the kids do those
0: kind of things now when they're going to announce, make their announcements.
1: Yeah, some crazy uh, – is he, is he playing for us yet?
0: Uh, who was that? Do you remember? I, I don't remember who it was. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. <laughs> and it was probably – All these things – now, I'm sure there are some of my fellow journalists who really cover this a lot deeper and closer than I do – would remember right off the top of their head mm-hmm. and part of the reason i probably don't remember is well i don't care <laughs> well there's that
1: sports Yak, part of the studio dna podcast network find more of your favorite podcasts at spreaker.com slash studio dna <laughs> Uh, Any surprises in the Pro Bowl selection that you saw?
0: Yeah, where's Darius Leonard from the Colts? Okay. Why isn't he a Pro Bowler? I mean, he's probably going to be the defensive rookie of the year and maybe the entire rookie of the year in the NFL. How is he not a Pro Bowl player? Happy for Quentin Nelson, deserves to be there, but Darius Leonard should have been there too. And why do we keep voting Tom Brady to the Pro Bowl? Because... And I say that because, do you know the last time Tom Brady, he's been selected to the Pro Bowl team now 14 times, tied for an NFL
1: record. Actually played. 2005 was the last time. So he's there in that, person. He, no, he's not he's going. not even there? No. Don't want to get injured, don't want to get hurt. Doesn't, has no interest. No interest. So why bother? Why make him a Pro Bowl selection? Yeah. Philip Lindsey, we heard about this young man. Becomes first offensive undrafted rookie to make the Pro Bowl. That's great. For the Broncos. So you don't have to go if you're elected. No.
0: No, it's completely up to. First of all, the Pro Bowl game's usually over in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of players like to use that as a trip for their families and stuff like that. Sure. But the fact of the matter is, and I know you're going to say, well, they're NFL players, they can afford it.
1: Yeah, but Hawaii's is not a cheap place. Oh, if I've learned anything about athletes listening to a few other podcasts, when it comes to playoff time and Super Bowl time, there's more money to be made. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily tied to Pro Bowl, but uh, playoffs, yes. Well,
0: usually you get a little something-something for making the Pro Bowl, too, if you have any kind of agent.
1: But if you're a Bear and you're an NFC North— You're worried about the
0: playoffs right now. I mean, Akeem Hicks said this is the best individual accomplishment of his career. But there's no doubt he'd rather win a Super Bowl than make the Pro Pro Bowl. Bowl. And if he goes to the Super Bowl, he won't be playing in the Pro Bowl.
1: How many inside United Center?
0: How many seats? Have you ever? About 23,000, I think.
1: Okay. Where the Blackhawks play. Where the Blackhawks and the Bulls play. 80,000 in Notre Dame Stadium
0: shy of that 77,000 i think now with the new seating configuration does that seem lofty for a hockey game on new year's day i think they'll probably come close to filling it from what i'm hearing really yeah i think because it's just such a unique yeah experience i and who knows what the weather'll be i've not looked at any kind of extended forecast for new year's day if it's anything like today or this week and you might fun. have a, well, yeah. Other than the fact that if it's this warm, you could have
1: a problem keeping the ice. Yeah, I've been seeing some of the news stories that they're they're working on the working on the ice already. The big trucks are out there doing this, doing that. But you've heard that the place is going to be uh, full uh, or uh, near. My sources are telling me the biggest
0: crowd for an NHL game I think so far is seventy one
1: thousand in Buffalo. Okay, and I think this might eclipse it. So you got the the Blackhawks, they'll play on New Year's Day against the Bruins. That's a is that a Monday or a Tuesday, Chuck? Is that a Tuesday?
0: New Year's Day is a Tuesday and right now I just called up the weather channel forecast. 30 degrees, 20% chance.
1: That that should be perfect. Yeah. And then that following Friday, Notre Dame and Michigan on the ice. I think it's Saturday. Saturday. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Yep.
0: Mm. figuring they have everything all set up anyway. so Let's play some hockey. Yeah.
1: Okay. Where'd you go last night?
0: I went down to Tippecanoe Valley last night, beautiful Mentone, Indiana, the egg capital of the Midwest, as you know, Corey, and uh, watched the Tippecanoe Valley Vikings play the Culver Cavaliers because we have Valley Friday night against LaVille, ranked number three in Class 2A, on TV 46. Valley hit four of its first five three-pointers in the game, got out to a big lead, and cruised to a 62-36 triumph. They had 16 points from Cam Parker. After they hit four of their first five three-pointers, Corey, they missed their next 18. Oh, boy. (laughs) They went four for 23. Shooting the basketball has been a bit of a problem for the Vikings. So I left the game a little bit early, and I'm listening to WRSW on the way home. Rita Price and Tim Key Faber. Rita Price is such a legend in Kosciuszko County that they have named the broadcast studio at her station after her. Okay. It is the Rita Price studio. And uh, she belongs in the Indiana Sportscasters Hall of Fame. And hopefully she will get in uh, sooner rather than later because she is a pioneer in our industry. Okay. Being a female sportscaster... Um, the, first, uh, the first radio play-by-play sportscaster that I ever met that was female. Okay. So she and Tim Keyfaber do the game, and afterwards Chad Patrick, the coach of the Vikings, comes out and talks. Now, he just won his third straight game by 26 points, <laughs> and he basically blistered his team for that shooting performance. Now, they shot 42%, which is better than what they've been shooting for the season. They were shooting 38% coming in. But he's just like, we're n- he says, you can only get up a certain number of shots in a two-hour practice right? because you're working on all kinds of different things and you're working with the whole team. It's up to each individual to make themselves better shooters, which means they have to put in extra time to do that. He goes, typically when our practices ends, Our guys make a beeline for the door. He goes, that's fine. That's their prerogative. But then they wonder why they don't shoot the ball better in the games. And you could see the frustration for some of the players. Hmm. Uh, Then they wonder why they don't shoot the ball better in the games. He goes, mainly because we haven't put in the extra work. He goes, if you want to be a good shooter, it takes about 20 to 30 minutes a day. If you want to be a great shooter, it takes more than that. There it is. So, I mean, and, and I know that to a certain extent there might be a distaste for some people hearing a coach throw his players under the bus, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I think he's just being very matter-of-fact, which is our guys only want to put in so much work. Henceforth,
1: they're only getting to this level. Yeah, that's the problem with a lot of kids. You know, I'll throw my kid under the bus right now. He does the minimum amount required because he doesn't see the benefit or value in above and beyond. Right. He has no, you know, fill in the blank, just no nothing.
0: And and obviously we all have to choose priorities in our life. We can't put the time in on everything. However, you know, I go back to the fact as I'm preparing for this broadcast, did I have to go to Tippecanoe Valley last night? No, I could have I could have done some homework, you know, looked at the stats, talked to the coach on the phone, and fake it to you. Make probably done just fine. Yeah. But in going down there, I now have a better picture of what this team is all about. And had a chance to talk to the coach a little bit before the game, had a chance to talk to the broadcasters who do the game, gleaned little nuggets here and there, and hopefully That shows up in the quality of the broadcast that we do on
1: Friday night. I think something else that happened down at that game, which you are knocking at almost 2,000 views at 46 Sports on Twitter, you saw something that did a little something for the soul. I'll tell you what, I have
0: never seen this. I've covered high school basketball now, Corey, since, well, my junior year of college. So so since 1985. Okay. What is that, 33 years? I've never seen this before, um, and that part of that is because I've never covered a game for Indiana School for the Deaf, but Culver had a deaf player on the team. So on the sidelines, whenever this young man would go into the game, all of a sudden this woman would stand up and be right next to the head coach, Tom Kruger, and any time that they were trying to communicate to the young man on the floor or during a timeout, she would do sign language to try to communicate to him. Mm. Now, to a certain extent, a little bit comical because Tom Kruger has only coached players with hearing in his life. Sure. So Tom Kruger knows one way to coach, and that is to yell out what he is trying to communicate. If he wanted the young man to hustle, he's yelling hustle. And then she on the sidelines is trying to make the sign that communicates you need to run faster
1: <laughs> okay
0: now the problem is as she's doing that he's playing the game so he's not necessarily looking at the bench so he doesn't know if he's supposed to run faster or not okay players on the floor uh, I can distinctly remember one time they wanted him to guard number 15 so a teammate goes over hits him on the elbow he looks at the teammate the teammate holds up A one and a five with his fingers, and he runs over and guards 15. But it obviously it presents communication challenges, but I thought it was great that, okay, if this young man's going to play, how are we going to make this work? Mm -hmm. And they have this sign language interpreter, and when he's not in the game, she goes and sits down. Yeah. But it's the first time I've ever seen – Anything like that, in a game, and I applaud Culver for adapting as
1: well as they did to the situation. Imagine the Elkhart Central Memorial game and the volume in the room that night when I was standing next to you, mm-hmm. and the mute button on all of that. Right. The sights you see, yes, but no sound, and that young man playing basketball in the middle of all that. That has to be. That's got to be something. That's, uh, uh, yeah. Get your head around that. Yeah, and, and I
0: think that uniqueness was something that appealed to a lot of people. And I'll be honest, I have no reason to cover Culver Basketball. They're, they're not very good. They don't have a, a sterling player to go look at. But I was happy that I stumbled across that, and I wanted to convey that to our, to our
1: audience. I appreciated it. You can follow <laughs> Chuck at 46 Sports. Sports Yak with two Ks. I'll hit the retweet on that one as well. And uh, that's good stuff. I'm, I'm glad you see stuff like that and you, and you give us a glimpse at it. We had, I think
0: we're up to now 5,400 views on a game-winning shot from Monday night. We didn't have a chance to talk about this, but I saw a terrific girls basketball game Monday night. North Judson was undefeated and ranked number five in Class 2A. Came up to take on a St. Joe team that had suffered its only loss of the season on Friday night to Elkhart Central. North Judson has a terrific sophomore who's getting all kinds of D1 looks by the name of Lillian Frazier, averages about 21 points a game and almost double figures in rebounds, and she had another sparkling game. Uh, They've got another player named Maddie Schumacher who's going to Indiana Tech next year. She's a member of the 1,000-point club. Taking on a St. Joe team with Keegan Sullivan, she's a D1 recruit, junior. So pretty good matchup. North Judson's getting the better of it. They're up by 10 in the second half, I think up by 7 with maybe 4 minutes left, and here comes St. Joe. And they knock down a couple of threes, and then under a minute left, they're trailing by 1, and this little senior guard, Jesse Burnt, who hadn't scored a point the whole game, gets the ball on the wing in front of the St. Joe bench, cuts into the lane, puts up a little 10-foot jumper and hits it and that wound up being the game winner. North Judson had a shot to win it at the buzzer, a layup at the buzzer, and it rolled around the rim and off, and St. <laughs> Joe wins at 56-55.
1: That video on uh, at 46 Sports, 5,400-plus.
0: To me, that's amazing. I mean, yes. it's only a little eight-second clip, I think, but people seem to be compelled by it, and and I think it's good that we're seeing more of this in high school sports. Now, you might say, well, Freebie, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth on this show because on the one hand you said, while well, we're giving undue attention to high school athletes and putting pressure on them. This is showing something that they actually did. Yes. As opposed to,
1: well, we're recruiting you because we think. Of what could be. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, this episode airs uh, obviously today, and then one week from today is post Christmas. Yes, uh, also known as Returns Day. Returns Day in the Day. United States. Oh, that's I believe Boxing Day in Canada. Okay, can kind of have a weird schedule next week, but we'll make it happen with Sportsiac. Happy fortieth episode, my friend. Well, it's it's been a pleasure. This is I fun. hope you're enjoying it. Oh, I love. I it. hope the listeners are
0: enjoying it. Uh, I wanted to touch on a couple of. College football things.
1: Yes, please.
0: Uh, The Boca Raton Bowl last night. Go on. Uh, Did you watch? No. No, neither did I. I'm not sure anybody did. But UAB with the win over Northern Illinois. The amazing thing about UAB is they, a few years ago, they completely gutted the program. They canceled it. They restarted, I think, only three years ago. Hmm. And now they're in a bowl game and winning a bowl game. Uh, against a very reputable MAC team. So, congratulations to UAB. Tonight, the Frisco Bowl. Do you know where they play the Frisco Bowl?
1: <laughs> I'm going to go out on a
0: limb and say San Francisco. You'd be wrong. They play the Frisco Bowl in Frisco, Texas.
1: Oh, yeah. It's San
0: Diego State and Ohio University. Now, there is a local connection to this game. Ohio University has a putter by the name of Michael Farkas who played at. Uh, Marion, he is no relation to Spud S- Farkas. Scud Scud Farkas. Farkas, I believe, <laughs> from A Christmas Story.
1: Oh, shoot.
0: So that's that's tonight's bowl offering. I did watch a little sports last night. Who's the local young man who plays for Princeton? Devin Kennedy from Marion High School. I watched the first five, six minutes of that game. Well, you saw the best part for Princeton because they got up by eight in that game on Duke. Duke couldn't hit the broadside of a barn early in the game. And then Duke said, Hey, wait a minute. We're Duke. They're Princeton. (laughs) And they went on something like a ninety seven to thirty six run to close the game. Really? And won it one oh one to fifty or something like that. Oh my goodness. Well, maybe I should have stuck around.
1: (laughs) Well I don't know if you if you like watching a massacre. All right, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We try to crank out three of these each week. Holidays will be a little what I like to call cattywampus, but we'll make it work. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Say goodbye, Chuck. Goodbye, Chuck. Sports Yak is on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet on Napanee Street in Elkhart and at bigandtalloutlet.com. This is Jimmy Shorts. I'm not gone. I don't care what. Say, Christmas time is me. I don't care what Adam says. Christmas is full of cheer. All I know is the Santa Slay is making its way to the USA. I wish it was Christmas today. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.